Hi, my name is John Garfield. It's um, February 22nd, 2020. Um, I want to let you know that we're writing a book called Intentional Reformation Strategies. I'm really excited about it. So it's uh, probably six away, six weeks away from being available on Amazon. It uh, summarizes our whole message. I'll have some videos up on uh, onlineheartplan.com that talk to it uh, directly fairly quickly. Uh, also, if you have a, an interest in reviewing it ahead of time, there's a mature draft available that can be emailed. So I need the comments and the feedback. Uh, this week I want to talk to you about hearts are not herds. So uh, from two standpoints, one is just the general realm of uh, business and marketing. And then from the other perspective, our jobs or the, you know, the way we relate to uh, companies we work for. So businesses and organizations and marketing all have hierarchies that are not necessarily people-friendly or value-oriented. So the mindset to make a sale in the belief that there isn't any time in the business model to build a relationship is uh, common. Um, those initiatives leave us uh, left out and behind. Um, we get kind of thrown off the wagon because they're focused on herding us into a dream uh, of multiplying profits and running the machinery of their process instead of uh, worrying about your heart. So the hidden truth is that it may make money for them, but it doesn't usually work for you. And that's not a total surprise, but <clears throat> so in the blog, I've got some more details about internet or, or mass marketing, which is kind of premised on, um, you know, the goal of, you know, market a thousand people for a loaf, for free or for a low dog dollar offering, and then uh, say the offering is ten a hundred dollars, then a uh, hundred people of those people will respond, and you can market them for a thousand dollar offering, um, and then ten percent of them or just a few people you can market a ten thousand dollar offering to those people, so it's that's what they call a funnel. Um, Multi-level marketing is the same way. Um, the thought is that uh, there's a, about a 95% washout rate of 10,000 people sign up for the cheap enrollment. About 5% will follow up in the market for themselves. That's 500. And about 25 of those people, another 5%, will establish a downline and try to make the business itself work, which is their original goal. So mass marketing, uh, even by big events, say evangelistic crusades or uh, motivational speakers or sales events, um, those are equally low in terms of effectiveness. So hearts don't really connect uh, with, out, with offers outside of relationships. That's how humans work. So servants and slaves can be herded into the buy button, uh, but their hearts, the hearts of sons want to be heard uh, not herded, they want to be helped. Um, so this 95% washout rate um, is uh, a reality. It's a sort of a fact of life. And so then when you shift over and think about your career, uh, sort of in the job market, there's a Gallup survey that says about 70 to 85% of all employees worldwide are disengaged in their jobs. That just means, you know, the corporate hierarchy isn't trying to connect with their hearts. So instead of the employee is supposed to connect with the corporate heart. I mean, I'm supposed to connect with the company, but the company isn't expected to connect with me. In other words, and let me go a step farther. The 
human resources departments in most companies would um, discourage you from, if you're a manager, from trying to connect with the heart of an employee. It'd be too personal, too dangerous, and um, you know they would just get rid of you and the problem employee. <laughs> so the definition of, of engagement in a company is that we adopt to the hierarchy and accept being part of the machinery of the company that ignores our hearts. And the, the goal of the company is to have a nice manageable herd <laughs> <laughs> with no complaints and no hearts. Um, <clears throat> so this was the definition of engagement. When employees are engaged, they adopt the vision, values, and purpose of the organization they work for and become passionate contributors, innovative problem solvers, and stunning colleagues. Doesn't that sound rosy? It's not real. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> so people and their ingenuity are the most important resources any company has. To ignore 80% of those resources is bad for business to the tune of suicidal for business. Yet it's the norm around the world. So we're uh, sponsoring a reformation to change that, by the way. So intentional reformation is, is really on the foundation of individual heart's desires. That's what makes the world go around. Um, that's what makes the kingdom function. That's the way God designed you. So we're being invited to connect with the desires God wrote in our hearts. And it feels like being welcomed into yourself. Our dream, our passion, purpose, enthusiasm, heart connection, authenticity, assignment, and calling are all inside our hearts. So is the kingdom, by the way. Um, so organizations and marketing approaches that help all people get in touch with their hearts will flourish those who continue down this 5% strategy uh, will f with a focus on herding avatars into profits uh, and process will ultimately fail. It just can't work forever. Um, so here's the jaw-dropping jaw key to leveraging the gold in someone's heart. Get this. This is the huge secret. You have to ask them and you have to care enough to listen. <laughs> so the caring <clears throat> actually comes naturally from being around the fruitfulness of connected people. Uh, it, it, when you see that, you want to pull people into their own heart's desire instead of into your heart or the company heart or the business heart or the marketing heart. Um, you're trying to help people uh, reach that place of being themselves. So implementing the direction written on our hearts is a growth process that actually happens best in the context of a tribe or a team of peers who are safe, helpful, compassionate, and relational. That's how humans work. Sorry. Uh, the, the progression occurs over a lifetime, and it looks like uh, we've got a table that goes from you know, your av avocation or hobby <clears throat> to a job career, vocation, and Seven Mountain Ministry. It's self-explanatory, so I'm not going to drag you through it. But realize that um, whether you have a job that you like or don't like doesn't distract from the fact that uh, you, you God has still written something in your heart, and you can pursue that. Now, if your job is a fit, you can pursue it within your job. If your job is not a fit, you can pursue it as an avocation uh, or a sideline. Um, God is requiring us to be faithful to our hearts. So it's not shocking to find out that, uh, you know, we do stuff in our spare time. So <clears throat> the conclusion of all this is pretty simple. 
harvest the harvest of success in your personal life business or nation flows from the desires God wrote in your heart when we connect with the theme in our own story life starts to make sense what we do with our lives flows from the purpose in our hearts and in God's heart and that's where the excitement of life comes in don't get lost in the herd chasing the money and machinery of someone else's dream put the kingdom first by putting your own heart first so <clears throat> the uh, the table we've got in the document <clears throat> of the blog um, reflects that your avocation your vocation and your ministry all flow from your book or your heart's desire and it, and the question is, is it financially self-sustaining? Does your income flow from a business that perfectly expresses your heart? Well, for most of us, no. For a few of us, yes. Um, that is the ideal, but most of us have to build some tents to get there. And most of us are not perfectly aligned in terms of our vocation exactly representing what's in my heart. So having an imperfect job that funds your perfect avocation can be a reflection of your faithfulness to God's calling on your life. Life is a bit unpredictable and confusing, but our calling can be clear and the general theme remains the same. Um, I have a story of my own in the blog and I won't take time to read, <clears throat> but um, let me give you Paul's story. He wrote this verse, whatsoever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men since you know that you will receive an inheritance from your Lord as a reward. So you have a calling. I don't care who you are or what you do. You have a calling from God. You have talents that have been given to you. Uh, you have an election. So Paul, who wrote that verse, um, spent about half his productive life after he got saved, after he got knocked off the horse, <clears throat> in half of it in exile and making tents or sitting in prison. Uh, for a calling that ended in execution, not a happy ending. Um, so life isn't perfect for any of us. Um, but Paul's life was messy and full of confusion and warfare, but his calling was crystal clear. He knew what he was supposed to do. You and I can discern our calling and fulfill every bit of it and hear our Father say, well done, uh, at the end. We can help you find that clarity. That is the most important thing uh, in life, is to find your purpose, your clarity, your calling, and to make progress on it. And uh, I want to suggest it's fun and it's something you already enjoy. Um, have a great week. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm releasing reformation over the United States and over every nation in the world. That, Father, everybody from people to nations would connect with the kingdom purpose you've embedded in our hearts. And so, Father, we're releasing the party, we're releasing the kingdom, we're releasing the music of hearing um, that sound in Jesus' name. Amen.